Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Be seated. Thank you for standing. I just want to share um, a few thoughts with you. And we call, well, this is actually called a few things. It's called... Um, in the Bible, it's referred to as the Lord's Supper, Communion, Passover meal. But I just want to read uh, some scriptures actually out of Luke. You can just turn with me or just um, follow along. It's Luke 22, um, and I'll start at uh, 14. And I'm going to just read down through 20. So this is the Lord, and... This is what it says in 14, 22, 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given, um, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In verse 20, likewise he took um, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, I want to look at 14, where he starts out. He says, and when the hour was come, he sat down. The 12 apostles was with him, and he said, with desire. other words, I have desired. That's just not a play on words. That's something God is saying, I have earnestly desired from this point to come. And where it says, where it starts out, and when the hour was come, I don't believe that this is just me sharing thoughts. So I don't believe it's just the hour had come to eat the Passover meal. If you look at this, I believe something is fixing to transpire that's happening in the kingdom. So he is saying, and I'm fixing to say a lot, so I'm going to just ask you to just try to stay with me. I mean, I'm talking to... Church folks, so I know you are, are, are Bible smart, so that's why I feel I can do this. But when you look at the Passover, that's what's being celebrated here. So when you go back in the Bible, when you look at it when it was instituted, now you go, the, the Passover was instituted for one reason, uh, to commemorate the Israel from coming out of Egypt. Now, they had been there a long time. So the Bible says... That they was there, they was this tyrant was over them. So God uh, instituted this Passover to bring them out. And what happens? He does this, but when you read about it, God said, "No man 
is going to rule over my people. Meaning no king is going to rule over my people. So Israel owed no, uh, Israel didn't owe nothing to no one. They only owed allegiance unto Jehovah. So God was teaching them. He brought them out and then he did this. And though literally when you read about it, the collective body of the Hebrew nation started with God bringing them out. So here you have the people of God that's being brought out of what we know of as the slavery because until then, the Bible says they was what? They were slaves. So we know it as they were slaves to sin. So they were slaves as what be, it would be projected to us as sin. So they was there. God brought them out. He instituted the Passover. We know how that happens. So he brought them out. And this is what Israel did every year. And it was so drastic that God said, you are to rewrite your calendar. This shall be the beginning of months. This shall be your first month. Liken that to us being come in and accepting the Lord. The Bible says everything is new. All things has passed away. So God said, I'm bringing you out of this. The Bible calls the iron furnace. I'm taking you out. I'm instituting this Passover. This you do. Everything is new. Everything has changed, so God does this. Now, but God made covenants. We read some of the first where he made with Noah, he made with Abraham. The one I'm going to refer to, he made with his people whom he delivered out of Egypt. So he brings them out, and he wants to make a covenant with them. There was four conditions that his people had to meet. Number one, he brings them out, and other words, it's not enough to just hear the word and to tell it to someone else. God said, you can't do that. He told Moses, he said, you must write the words down. You must have it recorded. So that was number one of the conditions. You must write it down. Number two, they had to do this. Now, in, the, in this context, there, only, there had to be a sacrifice. There had to be a, a, a substitute. There had to be a sacrifice. And what would help us understand it better is when Paul told us the wages of sin is death. Now, and, and that hadn't changed. That's still in effect. The wages of sin is death. So, here it is. That makes me understand it easier. So, there had to be a sacrifice. That's two. Three, that it says, okay, and this is what. I wrote this down so I could get it right. God said you had to do it. Moses had to read the words of the covenant to the people, and this is what they had to answer. All that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. That was three. Number four, the Bible says Moses took the blood that he had took from the sacrifice, dipped his finger in it, so to speak, and sprinkled it on the people. I'm telling you, I'm in the Bible. When he did that, that sealed the covenant. The covenant was sealed. I'm telling you, God ain't going to break no covenant. When he says this word that it will not lead you astray, when you said we will hear it, we will do it, we will obey it, the blood has been applied, the covenant is sealed. Nothing, no man is going to change that. So that is what was in that all brought about the Passover. God said, do this. Now, I'll come back to where we are in Scripture. They come up, they're going to have the Passover meal. Now, I think what 
and here again, I, I don't mind telling you, this is just me. He comes up and he tells them, he says, we have this hour. This come up is to the hour. Now, what is fixing to happen is where his God, where God has told them, he said, I will not, he says, with desire, I've desired to eat this Passover. He said, I will not eat any more thereof until the Passover be fulfilled. Now, what is happening is God is telling them the reason that you did the Passover. The Passover was for one thing. It kept pointing. Isaiah told us the Messiah that's coming will be the Lamb. That's when they did the pass when they held the Passover, that's what it was. They took a lamb. So Jesus said, I am the sum and substance, so to speak, of the Passover. That is why I believe Jesus told him, said, I'm not going to eat this no more. You will observe this no more. That's why he said later on in Scripture concerning what we're about to obtake, you do this in remembrance of me. It's not about the Passover no more. I am the fulfillment of the Passover. The Passover brought us to the Lamb. The Lamb is going to bring us further and we'll see. So he's taking them. He said, I will eat no more. I'm going to eat. I won't drink of the fruit of the vine no more. So he partakes this. He does this. But he says, this is it. I am the fulfillment. I am everything that got us here. The Bible says in Revelation, it says, blessed is he who is called, who is called unto the marriage supper it don't say son, the second person. It says who is called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed is he who is called. Called. Spirit to spirit. It ain't going to happen no other way. I'm not trying to be arrogant. That's just it. Who is called. There's seven blessed in, in, in the book of Revelation. This is number four. Blessed is he who is called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, he took... His body, he said, this New Testament is, is my blood in the new covenant, so to speak. That's what he was saying. And then he goes through this. He said, literally, take this. He broke the bread, said, take, eat. This is my body, which was broken for you. Literally, I believe he meant that. Take, eat. When he took the cup, he said, take. One, uh, one of the passages says, take, drink. And then he says, drink it all. Don't leave none. In other words, consume this word. Don't just come and just say, I want this part and this part. Consume it all. This is my blood in the New Testament. It is nothing to be left out. Consume it all. So he's taken, and the Bible tells us, there, there's, in, 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 when, when John told us in his books, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, Advocate, There's, that word is translated five times, but it's only used one time as advocate. We, If any man sin, we have an advocate. We have someone, and that's his slain body. That is the flesh of Jesus Christ. The other four times that is translated, it's translated as covenant or, or, or comforter. Excuse me, comforter. When he said, if I go away, I'm going to send you a comforter. We know it as the Holy Ghost. That's the other four times. So he said... When you trip and you fall, if when you need me, not if you need me, when you need me. I look at what I've done on Calvary. You have an advocate. Don't let the enemy beat you in the dirt. 
hit your knees and repent. That's what the advocate is for. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And the other four times, I'm giving you the comforter to comfort you and to strengthen you. And in times, he would do this. Now, the Bible says this, that God, in Hebrews, that God knows our infirmities, but he takes it to a point that no person can go. And there's times, I'm telling you, we just, you just wish when people are sick that you could just make it better. I'm telling you, you do. Knowing what we know about God, you just, ever how you envision it, ever how you want to do it, you could just hide yourself away as the way God says. You could lay hands on them and, and, and God would just do it. But I'm telling you, this, God drew a line that none of us can cross because God said he knows our infirmities. But here's where we have to stop. But God said, I know what it feels like to be in those infirmities. Think about that. When you, to the person that's truly hurting, God knows really what it feels like to walk in your shoes. He knows. He truly knows. So he said he took, he gave his body. And he said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Now, that phrase, you do show, that stands out to me. You do show. That is, what that means is when you look that up, that means you proclaim. We would say you preach it. You put the enemy on notice. There's one more time that I've declared that I'm acclaiming the victory that was wrought at Calvary. Just as God claimed victory when he snatched his people from the jaws of the sin pit and brought them out, it's the same way with us. We live in this flesh, but we don't have to be subject to this flesh. So when we partake of this, what we're about to partake of, we're letting the enemy know, I may live in this flesh, but God is the one that gives me victory over this flesh. Because he said, take, eat, drink it, drink it all, consume yourself with this word. Because that is where our victory is going to lie. And, and some it says, if, if, if a man does this unworthily, that means in an unworthy way. Because God said, when you do this, it's because of me. It's all because of me. And he is saying... It's because of me. Now, this do in remembrance of me. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the Passover brought us to the Lamb. The Lamb is going to bring us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then he takes and he does this. This greater deliverance that God has provided for us is going to pay off in dividends like we never perceived. Because when we partake of this, this is something that God wanted his children to do and to partake of. He wanted us to do this. He wanted us, for he said, with desire, I have desired that you would do this. Now, there's one other thing that I want to mention to you. Since we're, we do our communion and 
uh, commitment part, I just, there's one other passage in the Bible. In fact, I've, I'll just tell you this. As Brother Boyd says, I've been honest all the way up to now, and I'll be honest now. I've never asked to do this, to my knowledge. But I've asked him, could I say what I just said? And I wanted to say this concerning our commitment. And I just want to share something with you concerning what we give at our church. And this is what I feel. The Bible speaks in John 6. I'll just read it. If you want to follow me, you can. In John 6, 1 through 9, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, with a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and when he said with his disciples, And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company coming to him, and he saith unto Philip, Which shall we buy these uh, by bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him and said, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one should take a little. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves, two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Now, The Bible plainly tells us that the great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that was diseased. And for that, I cannot fault them. Because if I had someone that really, me or someone that I knew that was diseased and God healed them, it would make me literally want to follow him too. So the multitude had went. In other words, what I'm saying truthfully is there's no way I would throw rocks at people for doing that. We could call it emotionalism, whatever, how you would want to ever refer to it. But in no way would I fault people for doing that. So he gathered a crowd awful quickly because of who he was and the power that he represented. So he has this crowd. He goes up. He takes his disciples. And he lifts up his eyes. And then he says, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, the way I see it, this causes two problems. Number one, they don't have enough money, period, to buy this large of a crowd and and just say, for instance, if they did have enough money, number two, there's no one around them that would have enough food to feed the crowd. So it's a no-win situation, basically, when it comes to these hands. So... But the Bible says he did this to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. So he answered, Philip answered and said, 200 penny worth is not sufficient for them that everyone may eat. Now that's more than six months of wages. So, he, you know, he's doing what any one of us would do. Look, he's trying to reason this out in what? Dollars and cents. You know, that's all we know to do. <laughs> That's all we know to do. All these people want to eat, and we're thinking, man, how much is this going to cost? Really, I'm telling you, don't get quiet on me. (laughs) 
how much is this crowd going to cost us? You know, really, he's just trying to deal in plain human logic. So they're taken, and the Lord is just letting him go, letting him go just to prove that when you're exhausted your resources, all you need to do is just lean on me. So he takes and he does this. Now, but he takes and he says, but there's a lad here in verse 9. There's a lad here which has five barley loaves, two small fishes. And so I would think, but what are they among so many? So I would think, number, number one, we should not never think that our gift is lost in the multitude. No matter what, how small, it really and truly, this is me and this is the way I really feel. You are never, ever, I feel from him, and, and I know I'm not because I never say nothing about it. You are never, ever pushed to give a limit. The limit, or the amount, I should say, that you give is between you and God. This is not about sending you a free gift. This is about giving as unto the Lord and God blessing you. This is about letting God be God. This is not about him driving a Rolls Royce. If he wants to drive a Rolls Royce, that's... That's beside the point. The point is, we, we make it about a certain amount. Because God's disciple, is, he's the one that says, look, this dude's only got five loaves and two sardines, and we don't have enough money. So we are the one that puts an amount on it. God does it. But number one, don't think your gift is lost in the multitude. And number two, if you've ever doubted what God can do, how, how can Andrew and this lad come to the same place at the same time with so many people? You know, I hate to give you a Vegas statement, but what's the odds on that? I mean, how can they just, then it be not God? That they, there's just multitudes. You know what? You're not going to believe this, Jesus. There's this dude here. He's got two sardines and five loaves. But he thinks, really? You know, I, forgive me, Lord. I hated to even mention that, you know. So he takes it. He does that. But really, here again, I tell you, this is me. This is what I honestly feel. I believe the five barley loaves was to sell for his home, and the two small fishes was his lunch. That's what I believe. So that's nothing to do with nothing. But barley was used mainly. Barley was used mainly for two things. And I believe this is why God used this. The feeding of animals and the poor. That's it. That's all barley was used for. Its main purpose was the feeding of animals. And the poor ate it because they couldn't get nothing else. So... If you think your gift can't be used, you are looking at it wrong. Because here is God takes something that thinks, this should have been given to the animals. 
And God said, if you would just put it in my hands. Let it leave your hands and put it in mine. And they, they just are amazed. And the Bible says that they were ate and was filled. In other words, to me, that's not like, wait, no, I'm, I'll pass. I believe they ate, as we would say, they ate until they was full. They ate all they want. So they took it and... But this is human nature to me. Jesus is the one that makes mention of this. For he says, that's why the Bible makes notice, they was eat, they was all filled. And when you, if you're truly hungry and you eat, your muscles get relaxed, you get relaxed. And all of a sudden, it wasn't about a lad anymore. And Jesus tells them, have you, basically, this is what I would say if I had a commentary right. Have you already forgot? There was a lad that gave up his lunch. And you're willing to let this food go to waste. And he says, gather up the fragments so that nothing would be lost. In other words, this lad is going home. The, re, the investment that he just invested, he's not going home unrewarded. He is going to be rewarded. So really, you know, and it's the saying that, that, that I told you here a while back that I heard it, and it's just glued itself to me. When it comes to this passage, everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants to be broken. So when it comes, really, when it comes to things like this, just as, and here's the one thing truly, that we can't do. And this is what it comes down to, I believe. I remember my dad telling me as they grew up, they was in a large family, if they had a piece of anything, of something, and they had to, it's probably families everywhere has done this, I assume. One got to cut it, and the other one got to choose. But see, that's all we can do. They took what was there, Every time we break something, it becomes smaller. We'll never get away from that. When they gave this lad's offering to the Lord, when he broke it, it grew. So it all depends on whose hands it's in. Am I going to keep my offering? Because every time I use my offering that should have been for the Lord, it gets smaller. And God is saying, if you would have just trusted it with me, look what I, I could have fed a multitude with what you're saying is horse feed. And as God is saying, I, I would have done it. And that's why he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. All the hurt, they beat him unmerciful in the sickness that we face and everything. My body was broken for you. So literally, that's... Hold it, I don't want to do. Because every time I hold it, it just gets smaller. But if I leave it with God, it'll feed a multitude. God bless you. Thank you.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.